Welcome to the Bacon Games Podcast, your source for the latest from the MLB and the NFL. Let's get started with your host, Jesse. Hey guys, welcome back to the Bacon Games Podcast. Um, we actually do have a special episode for the first time. I'm not bullshitting completely. We have our first guest of the new year. Um, Adam, what's up? Why don't you introduce yourself and tell us about uh, tell us a little something. Some, some. Hey, yeah, thanks for having me. I'm, I'm honored to be the first guest of 2022. You know, big <laughs> honor to carry here. Hopefully I can uh, or I won't disappoint. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm Adam uh, from uh, Sharp Money Co., um, so you can follow uh, me and my partner on Twitter and Instagram at Sharp Money Co. Um, and what we do at Sharp Money Consult, I mean, we just basically put out like all of our uh, betting, our analysis, uh, a, a little fantasy stuff for free. But then our, our main service is we provide um, outsourced uh, picks for like uh, big pools. Like our main thing this football season was NFL against the spread pools. Um, so if you're in one of those uh, and you wanted the help or just wanted us to straight up make the picks for you, that's what we do. Um, but yeah, toss us a follow on uh, on Twitter and Instagram at Sharp Money Co. Hell yeah. And I, I, I do look at the, the free stuff you put out there a good amount. So it's good to see the good content out there, uh, you know, with, with the stuff on Twitter. So it's all good stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. We try and do, you know, transparency is king. Uh, don't, I mean, I don't like to just see people be like, oh, here's my bet. Like, I like to see like a why, like your process, why you like it, those types of things. That's what we try and do as well. Okay, cool. Yeah, dope. Good stuff, man. All right. So uh, I did bring you in to talk a little bit about the the games coming up, the playoff games. Um, so we're going to go over those and then we'll do some fun stuff at the end. Um, so the first one I've got up and we'll just, you know, take it whatever, how it says. Um, we get the Bengals and the Titans. And I see the spread is three and a half uh, with the Titans being favored at home. Um how does this, how do you feel about this game? What do you th- what do you think it's going to look like? Yeah, so the these I, I think are probably and maybe not even uh, much debate, but the two worst teams left in the playoffs. Um, I, I think like mathematically, if you look at you know some underlying stats, the Titans might actually be one of the worst one seeds of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, I, I actually with getting three and a half points, I I like the Bengals. Um, it, there's a couple X factors with the Titans with, with Derrick Henry and, you know, they've had that, that rest week, but overall, I think the Bengals have been playing a lot better recently. Um, and so getting three and a half points uh, on the road, I think is, is the way that I would lean in this game. Okay, cool. Cool. Um, yeah, I, it's, it's tough, uh, for sure. I think the Bengals are, like you said, a hot team, which is important going into the playoffs. I mean, I just remember those Giants teams that were, what, like, 9-7 and seven and won Super Bowls. So it just kind of feels like you need to get the momentum, and you win four games, and then you've done it, you know? Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, it looks like – so, yeah, for just to kind of give some background on how I usually look at games is I put together, a, like, a win probability uh, model that um, based off DVOA, the stat, and I use weighted DVOA. Um, and then you can use the win probabilities to translate to – um, spreads or whatever and try and find value um, so for this game I would have if I were to set the line it would be more of a Titans by two and a half line 
Um, so right there, if you trust that, then there's a, a full point of value on three and a half with the Bengals. Yeah, uh, I, I think this this game is going to be closer than the other games, uh, in my opinion. But did you, did you like the Titans straight up then, or just um, uh, still yeah, like the Bengals so, on that? I mean, just to win the game, I, I would pick the Titans. I'd have them just as slight favorites to win the game. Mm-hmm. The one you're considering the point spread, that's where I would lean Bengals. Gotcha. Do you, do you care about over-unders? Are you an over-under guy? Uh, not, not really. Um, I usually stick to just against the spread. Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like the over-under is around like 46 and a half, 47. Mm-hmm. Um, which is basically right in line with most of the other games, it looks like. Yeah, I don't really have a feel on, on this one way or the other in terms of the total. Mm-hmm. Okay, I love the under here. Big under fan of this one. I think the Titans have one of the better defenses left in the playoffs still, actually. Um, and the Bengals have an underrated defense. I think the public just doesn't, or maybe just people just don't understand how good, how good the defense can be for Cincinnati or how comparative, comparatively good it is to the offense. Because the offense is really good, obviously. Joe Burrow is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Um, I'll say that. Full confidence. Um, I, I just I think people underestimate the defense here. And obviously you said there's some X factors. You know, obviously Derrick Henry being one of them. Uh, a lot of stuff, can, it can change for sure. But yeah, I really like the under here. That's definitely like my best bet of this game is to take that, that 47 under. Nice. Um, yeah, I'm just yeah. looking at my little uh, my public betting tools here. It looks like mm-hmm. 99% of the money is on the over. Yeah. So good that's stuff. that's a good feeling to take <laughs> the under there. <laughs> yeah, feels good. Uh, yeah, people just I, I don't I don't think they even recognize how good the Bengals defense has been. That was the first thing against Minnesota week one. I remember being shocked at how good the defense played against what was still considered what was considered coming into the year as a good offense and was still at the end of the year. I think Minnesota was a pretty good offense. I think most people consider that. Uh, then to be a pretty good team. So anyway, but a little bit of distraction there. But um, yeah, I, I there's really we don't need to talk about fantasy or anything, so we can just get past the stuff. We just really need to talk about the the Bengals and the Titans. But um, if so, you don't think either of these teams, if they win, they have any shot of making the Super Bowl? Uh, no, I I would actually be. I'm very curious to see like whether it be Buffalo or Kansas City, even if it was if it was you know them. I mean, it's going to be them playing in Tennessee even with like you know maybe the two and a half point home bump that Tennessee would get I still mm-hmm. think that the Bills or Chiefs would be fairly sizable favorites in Tennessee just because I think either of those two teams are just much much better um, um, so I, I would be curious to see what that line would be but I think the winner of Buff KC is probably going to the Super Bowl gotcha, gotcha. I, I think most people see it that way too to be fair but do you do you take any um uh, what, what about the fact that Tennessee beat uh, Buffalo this year? Monday Night Football, one of my favorite bets. Didn't I know they, they had Derrick Henry. Kansas but, City too. Uh, you can't, oh, I'm sorry, uh, Tennessee. I think did. I know Buffalo beat Kansas City earlier this year. Um, yeah. I forget if ten. I forget. Ugh. That's an egg on like my they, face there. I feel like they might have. Um, yeah, I'll look up. Yeah, I'll look up. Earlier. But regardless, I, I mean, I just think that the way that Buffalo and Kansas City have been playing as of recent. Um, it's just I just think it's kind of two different levels of teams. It's kind of like one A, one B in the AFC, and then Tennessee is kind of that next tier down. That's funny. The Titans beat the Bills on the Monday, and they crushed the Chiefs twenty-seven to three the next week. So it's pretty funny. Yeah, that's pretty yeah, funny. Yeah, and I mean that's why they're the one seed is because they beat <laughs> Buffalo and they beat Kansas City, so they right. they are in that home game. But uh, but yeah, I feel like it's kind of a you know a, a pseudo AFC championship game this weekend in Kansas City. Interesting. Okay, cool. Um, but if the Bengals were to advance, it doesn't give give them like a 
Uh, yeah, I guess. I don't know. I'd be interested to see like Bengals and, and Buffalo. I think that'd be a really interesting game to watch because we've seen the Bengals and Kansas City, obviously. It was a recent game. Um, but I'd, I'd, I'd love to see that. I just think that'd be fun. Um, yeah, I, I would put Buffalo at, at a pretty sizable favorite there. That's um, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. I feel like Buffalo just beats up on bad teams. I know they beat up. I know they beat up on a pretty good team last week, but um, unless you're I, the Jaguars, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's another case. The Jaguars were um, are an enigma and shall forever be one. And I don't want to talk about them anymore. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah. All right. Cool. Is there anything else you want to say about this game, or should we move on? Um, last little just nugget I have is that the public early on is all over the Titans. It looks like 64% of the money and 84 five or sorry six four percent of the bets and 84 percent of the money are on the titans early kind of, mm-hmm. um so yeah it seems i mean if you wanted to just you know do the fade the public play that would be taking the Bengals. um but it seems like the 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 public and the early heavy money is all over the titans thus far which might just be like a fade the Bengals spot for them mm-hmm. yeah i get that uh, i mean I, I figure the the pub. I mean, I don't. To be fair, I don't know. You know more betting, about betting stuff than I do. I'm really just wetting my feet this year, especially. Um, but I just, I, I gotta feel like that makes sense because just the seating, right? Like, yeah, that's gotta yeah. make sense that way. Yeah, it, it's a, it's also interesting because when you see it's not just a flat three, it's three and a half. So mm-hmm. like to the average eye, like that wouldn't make people more inclined to take the the underdog getting the three and a half because in a three point game you still win, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that it's three and a half and the heavy money is early on the favorite it means that there's a lot of confidence in, in the Titans there. Yeah, that makes sense. Do, do you think especially like the over three points, like over field goal stuff matters more in a playoff game or just, I know it matters more generally, like the th- three to three and a half or whatever, or two, two and a half, whatever to three obviously means a lot because it's a field goal and whatever. But you think in a playoff game that means anything different? Like it, because, you know, you're obviously trying to win more in a playoff I mean, game like completely. Yeah, I guess that, you know, that could come into play with uh, coaches' decisions. But I guess inherently in a playoff game, the two teams are probably going to be a little closer mm-hmm. um, in talent than a, just an average regular season game. But I actually tend, I, I don't have any numbers and math to back it up, but I just feel like people overblow those, like, key football numbers where it's like, oh, it's three versus three and a half or seven versus seven and a half. Like, mm-hmm. I, I would be curious to see the amount of times that that actually swung the line um, on the key football number of, you know, three, seven, ten, whatever. I feel like people kind of overplay the importance of that half point. That's interesting. Yeah, I'd love to see the data on that, too. Absolutely. Um, it's probably pretty, I feel like it should be, maybe not simple to find out, but it should be able to find that out. But anyway, we can, we can keep it going. We got, we got next up, we got the 49ers and the Packers. Um the last time these two teams play was the NFC Championship game. No, there's no way. Two years ago, right? There's, they must have played since then. But when, when anyway. the Niners won and then lost yeah, when the, the Super Bowl. Won. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. That that's 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 stuck in my mind. It's the last time these two teams met. Um, but maybe, maybe that's not the case. But uh, I've got five and a half for the line. Is that yep. is that what you're saying? Cool. Yeah, it's five and a half. I think everywhere basically. Yeah, I, th- I think these. I think most books are very, very much the same for this one. They weren't uh, last week. I don't think all the way, but that must have been over unders, and I might have just done it different times. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, who do you like in this one? I am all over the Niners here. This is the one okay. bet that I've actually already placed. Okay. It's like an official model bet per the our DVOA model. Mm-hmm. So, the way that our the model sees it is the Niners should actually be a slight favorite, mm-hmm. where 
their their metrics, their efficiency metrics are just overall as a team much better than the Packers on a team level. Um, so this so that would be set if you're using weighted DVOA as a Niners minus two and a half line. So there's tons of value on getting five and a half points. Um, and I think I I really like that bet. I mean, when you start to go under the hood, the Packers, I think you could like pretty much make the argument that they're, if not the number one offense, like, you know, maybe a top three offense. And it's if you look at the surface of Aaron Rodgers versus Jimmy G, that's a massive advantage for the Packers, obviously. Mm-hmm. But I do think that the Packers defense is really not that good. And oddly enough, when you look at the their special teams unit in terms of DVOA, they have the second worst special teams unit, which in a playoff game could come back to bite them. So getting able to get those five and a half points when you're playing as a team that has a shaky special teams unit makes you feel a little better. Um, and the Niners overall run a pretty efficient, pretty efficient ship. I mean, Shanahan is a good coach, I think, despite his winning record is low key like below fifty percent. I think as a yeah, like, whatever coach, don't care. But that, I still think he's stuff. a yeah. I still think he's a really good coach, and I think they have you know like a top ten offense and top ten defense. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that the the biggest thing is going to be if Bosa and Warner are healthy if their defense can just slow down Rodgers a little bit. And then the other way, if the Niners offense and their schemes can just like absolutely exploit the Packers, I think that's a, a real possibility. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, being in Green Bay is is a bit of a home field advantage. We'll see how the weather plays. Um, but yeah, this is my, my most confident play. And my only play thus far is Niners plus five and a half. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. So, do you there? There might be a few guys back from uh, uh, excuse me from the, from the Packers. So do like any of the guys move the needle for you guys? Like, I mean, Randall Cobb might be back. I know. I know he's practicing. Zayre Smith is practicing. Jay Alexander's practicing. Whitney Merciless is practicing. There's a lot of guys that are coming back. It looks like. Um, does that? Does any of those guys really move the? I mean, I I, I figure Jair would. Um, but does anything really move like the needle for you if those guys are all fully healthy and back, or maybe not fully healthy? But back? I mean, a little, a little bit, but mm-hmm. not enough to mm-hmm. make me stray away from taking them five and a half. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, you you mentioned uh, about the scheme for the 49ers, or the offensive scheme, I think matching up, I think well against the Packers. Is that accurate? Is that what you said? Or yeah, I mean, just you know that that running like they're just mm-hmm. so efficient in the way that they use all their players and they're running getting Debo the ball. I mean, they barely used Kittle last week, and so there's a massive, you know, advantage there in the tight end position. So if, if Shanahan's really buzzing in his play calling, I think that there is there is a game scenario where the Niners just dominate the time of possession and keep Rodgers off the field just with their, uh, just like with their intense running game. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, if, if they can do that and limit the time of possession that Rodgers has, then inherently they'll they'll keep the Green Bay points a bit lower, which also helps with the getting the points there. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Um, do you does the bye week for the Packers mean anything to you in like a negative or positive way? Because I feel like I've heard really both, uh, like both, you know, 
either the team's not going to be hot because they're, you know, off of a week or they need to rest and relax and stuff like that, which, I mean, this team does, the Packers do seem like they have the injuries to get back guys, which is helpful. But um, does does the week off mean anything to you in, in either I, negative or positive? No, I, I don't really account for that at all in terms of, like, adjusting in a win percentage manner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's obviously beneficial to get guys rest and get guys healthy. But I feel like for the most part, they're just kind of, like, lounging around and chilling. It's not like they're, like... They didn't know who they were playing until Sunday, so right. It's not like they had an extra week of preparation versus the 49ers. Mm-hmm. It's just that they had an extra week to just kind of chill and let their bodies get better. I don't think that's a huge advantage. I mean, maybe a slight advantage for them, but not enough to really move the, the needle too too much. Yeah, gotcha. I mean, I, I I've, I'm very lead here. I, I do like the 49ers plus five and a half too. I think. Oh, I think I'm on the Packers for the money line, but man, I am. I'm thinking 49ers too. I love the over. This it's 47 and a half. I love that over. I think that's great. I know the Niners and Dallas didn't hit their over, and it was very, very similar to last week. And, and I feel like both those offenses are very good. But man, I just I love seeing what the what the Niners can do on offense. And if it's a good matchup, like I, like you said, it is. Like I think I've seen on Twitter being the same way. I, I I like that a lot for the over 47 and a half. That's what, like seven touchdowns or whatever? I just I feel like that's an easy one for me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the Achilles heel to that is if the Niners have just, like, the, that one drive in the first quarter where they take up, like, 10 minutes and, you know, it's like a 15-play sure. drive that goes 80 yards and just burns so much clock. Yeah, you, you know, we have that for the Niners a bunch, but they but they consistently put up a lot of points. Like, yeah. I mean, they put up 30, 30, 31, 30, 34. I'm just looking in the middle of the season. They they, they put up at least, like, 25 points a game, it feels like. Um, and I don't think the Packers' defense is that special compared to the 49ers' offense. I just, I, I do feel like um, Rodgers can score at any second, which is good to keep that game, keep going, keep it moving. Uh, playoff game, obviously competitive. I think the overs, I don't know if that's true or anything, but I feel like the numbers should be up. Uh, and I, yeah, I just... Uh, I I really like this over. I really like it. Um, but I'm I'm trying to, I'm trying to really work in next year, man. I'm gonna be I think only doing over unders or putting that up publicly at least because I just I feel I feel good. I feel like I've got a got an in there for some reason. But uh, don't we all? You know, don't we yeah. all feel that way? <laughs> yeah. Well, you and 85 percent of the public exactly. money love the over in this. Oh yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, but well, I mean, good. just looking at every game. I mean, that's just. Like, people are naturally more inclined to over, so it's tough to really, mm-hmm. like, dissect that. But, but, like, just looking at the early public money, it's going down the games in terms of percent of money, 99, 85, 98, 98% of money on the four overs. So mm-hmm. that's just natural, though, with, with people, you know, tend to want to root for points. So, like, mm-hmm. there could be sharp angles in there, and there could just be, you know, people wanting to root for points. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's a significant significant difference compared to the Tennessee and Bengals game, so I feel better about that, at yep. least. Uh, so at least there's that one. Um, yeah, is there anything else about the Packers-Niners? Uh, I'm sorry, I don't know if I asked, but do you like the Niners straight up, too, if you have to pick a team? Yeah, I would take the Niners' money line. Um, I'm sure that would... It's probably paying out 2-1. to one. Um, Just maybe about. Like, yeah, yeah just about. so I, if I were to... I, I don't usually bet money lines for football unless I'm doing like maybe like a two-team parlay or something but i don't really do those often um but getting if i were to take a, a, a money line it would probably almost always be an underdog and so i would consider sprinkling on the niners plus 200 or so plus 205 mm-hmm. um but i'll probably just ride with the points because i think 
Green Bay will probably win, but I would take the flyer with that. You know, two to one upside is is, is pretty good. Yeah, man, trust that model. They said they should be favorites, right? So yeah. there you go. <laughs> there yeah. you go. Um, but okay. All right, cool. Um, all right. Yeah, if there's nothing else, we can go on to the Rams and the Buccaneers. A very interesting game. These are these are my two uh my two teams right here. So I'm I'm very torn. I'm curious what you think. Yeah, so this it looks like it's pretty much a three point line across the board. Is that mm-hmm. what you're saying? Yep. Um yeah, so I I, I don't love either team in, in this um if i had to play a side it would probably be rams plus three um i think that the bucks being slight favorites so just to kind of stick with what i've uh the with the dvoa model it would be bucks minus one um which is basically just taking into account their home field advantage a bit mm-hmm. um the rams have actually been playing pretty well recently i mean obviously they got off to an insanely great start in that game mm-hmm. against arizona um the the bucks are pretty banged up on offense their defense looks good it i don't know i think it's going to be a toss-up game so for that if i had to take a side it would it would be rams plus three just getting the points yeah i feel the exact same way um yeah, it just kind of feels like I, I like both these teams. I'm just taking the points. We'll see what happens. Expect it to be a close game. Um, do you expect it to be a high-scoring game? Or or, or rather, the point over, over under is 48.5. I feel like that's kind of medium to maybe a little bit high. But for a playoff game against these two teams, I'm pretty sure they get that. They, I'm pretty sure the final was 34-24 to 24 last time these two played. So I'll double-check that. Um, but, yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, week, week three, though. So a long time ago. But... Yeah, I mean, do you expect this to be a high-scoring game? I feel like it it could be just from the sense that I feel like both the— well, I mean, with the Bucks running backs being kind of banged up, I, I'm, I'm not sure if Fournette is even eligible to come back this game or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't but think if we're so, just, yeah. Yeah, if we're just basing it off last week, I, I know that Vaughn looked decent. Um, mm-hmm. But it just seems like a game where there's going to be just, like, so much passing, like just Stafford and Brady back and forth just slinging it. Mm-hmm. Um but I I do think that you know like there's just beasts on both sides of these defenses, where I, I might actually lean under, mm-hmm. being in Tampa. You know like L A gets off their their home turf there in L A down in Tampa. It, I don't know. I I think I might lean under just like gut feel. But I I, yeah. I don't have a strong a strong reaction either way to forty eight. Yeah, I really don't either, actually. Um, this one I might have to stay away from because I don't know. And I don't like doing that for the Rams because I feel I feel good. But I, I might actually take the Rams straight up because they're plus 130, which feels pretty good to me, or at least mm-hmm. the value there. Yeah. Um, and I just li- I, I like the Rams. They're my Super Bowl pick for the beginning of the year. I think they've got some superstars. Two of possibly or arguably the two best players are two of the most important positions in the NFL, which I'm just going to say rusher, pass rusher, and cornerback. Um, so I just I, I like that a lot. Buccaneers, like you said, are banged up. I don't know what Worf's condition is. I don't know if there was any big updates about his uh, you know injury on uh, on Sunday or whatever. But that that's not great. You know the offensive line has been insane for Tampa Bay for the past two years. Um, mm-hmm. And any you know dinging to that isn't great, especially when you have to deal with uh, the Rams defense. So I, I I do think you're right. The injuries are definitely significant, like they are for most games, especially this late in the year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I just I'll take the Rams just plus three because you know whatever it's gonna be a close game. And I just think the money, if it was anything lower than one thirty, like literally even to one twenty five, it might not be enough value for me. But one one thirty seems about about pretty good to just take a 
uh, in what we consider or what I consider a pick 'em, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, if you're if you're not a believer in home field advantage, then yeah. te- technically, just looking at DVOA and weighted uh, DVOA, which just kind of weights more recent play higher than like you know weeks one through three or whatever. Mm-hmm. But the Rams actually have a better DVOA rating than the Bucks. Um, but then the Bucks become a slight favorite. Just do, like I think the standard mm-hmm. in bookmaking is giving two and a half points to home field advantage. So that's basically so like if you see like a two and a half three point spread in the playoffs, that's just the home field advantage piece coming into play where they're saying these teams are dead even, but since one team is home, we're giving them two and a half to three points. Mm-hmm. So that's where the Bucks being favored comes from. Like on a neutral field, it'd probably be a pick'em. So if you think that the Rams are able to take out home field advantage early in this game, then yeah, I would I, I would consider throwing on their money line. Yeah. Do, do you do you take that advantage, or does the model take that advantage pretty hard, yeah. or does yeah? I I give two and a half points um, okay. for the favorite, um, but there is still you know a t- I still have a tiny bit of value on the Rams at plus three, and so therefore there's a tiny bit of value on plus one thirty five. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That, that sounds good. Um. I also wonder. Like I know you said, like the running backs obviously in Tampa are banged up. They obviously are. But I wonder if that matters as much when you can just when you're just Tom Brady and you throw the ball to running backs all the time anyway, like to run the yeah. ball, right? Or yeah, it seems like think, their their screen passing is an ex an, an extension of their running mm-hmm. game. Yeah. I mean, it's Geo and Keyshawn, right? Like that. I feel like that yeah. makes sense. Um. Anyway, but I mean, the Rams have a stable back. Um. Maybe a stable back in their running game. So well, a lot of things have changed for sure, even in the past week. I think so. Uh, you know, if you're looking back in like the, like I said, the week three game to try and make like um, you know assessments in this game, it seems kind of dumb or moot. Or yeah. Just, yeah. You know. And then um, just looking at money splits, this this yeah. game in terms of percent of money is the highest uh, single side with Rams that not had are currently taking in ninety one percent of the money on that plus three number. Okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. What What do you What is your read on that then? Is there I mean, anything it, else? I mean, it's here? always yeah. it, it kind of gets a little skewed when looking at like early in the week. Like it's so like bet tickets right now. I'm seeing like a little under seven thousand bet tickets. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas by the end of the week, come game time, it might be like fifty thousand. So right. yeah, it's okay. not necessarily a good, a strong indicator. I mean, it, it could mm-hmm. be, but. That number will definitely level out to less than ninety-one percent of the money at some point, but it's just kind of cool to see, like, kind of. The, I feel like most of the sharper people bet early in the week, and more That's of the what public, I was ask, yeah, yeah, <laughs> and and more of the public waits until day of, and then they you know they pop open their FanDuel app and put in their you know thirty-dollar bet or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the like uh, sharper people try to jump on the opening lines. I've noticed. Um, or, or they'll wait until the very last second if they think that the line's going to move in a certain direction. But my guess is that, you know, for these games being Saturday, Sunday, if, if money's coming in on, on Monday or even like like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, it's probably going to be theoretically more of the sharp side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's what I've heard. I was yeah, I was curious also what you, what you thought about that. that. That makes sense. Just, yeah, like you said, like I feel like most people are just who are more casual or just not going to bet a week in advance for the most yeah, part but exactly. uh yeah so i feel like that's that's interesting the sharp money theoretically comes in earlier and then if it's on you know the side and it's sharp that 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 feels good <laughs> i think yeah but, yeah um 
Yeah, do you who who do you who do you like in the NFC though left? Like, uh, if you've got the Niners winning most, like that's what the model says, and that's what you think. Then do you think that either this team's beat the Rams and or the Buccaneers, or do you think if that happens, then it's either the Rams or Buccaneers? Like that's like a pseudo uh, championship game, like we like talk about for the Bills and the Chiefs possibly. Uh, yeah. So let's let's say the the Niners win and the Bucks win. So then it would be Niners Bucks in in Tampa Bay, I, I would probably have the Bucks winning that game. So mm-hmm. best, like in terms of you're just looking at um, just most likely to advance to the Super Bowl, I would probably have the Buccaneers. Okay, yeah, uh, I think that makes sense to me. <laughs> um, I also uh, see the Rams because I just, they were my Super Bowl pick early on. But anyway, um, that sounds good. Cool for me. Um, the final game is the pseudo AFC Championship game, um, the Bills and Chiefs. I don't know if I call it that, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. I've got two yeah. and a half. Uh, that's the line. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, it's two and a half everywhere. It looks like there's a couple places where it's actually down to two, which means there's probably some Bills money coming in. Mm-hmm. I believe um, it. But I think the average line is two and a half. Yeah. Uh, so who do you got? I would, at, at, at two and a half, I, I would lean Buffalo, like a little bit of, of value there, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a little bit similar to Rams Bucks, where... On a neutral field, I would probably favor the Bills slightly, um, but given you know Kansas City, can I ask why? Like, I'm curious why. Um, I just think that their play recently has just been so out of this world great that um, when you're taking out you know home field advantage and Arrowhead, mm-hmm. the Bills have just been on, on an absolute ripper, and I think that they're just they and their offense particularly like even if the cheat like. If the Chiefs played their best offensive game last week, I'm not sure they could beat the Bills. If the Bills played how they played last week, I'm not sure, like, even, like, Prime Mahomes, if he played and absolutely balled out, I still think the Bills would have won because their offense just wasn't, just was not going to be stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I mean, I, I'm seeing a lot of that stuff. I'm seeing a lot of the, the Josh Allen, um, all the all the fun memes and stuff that's happening. I just I don't know. This this team is gonna blow up. Um, like they have every part of this year. That's how I feel. And I feel like against a really good team, Kansas City, you have to keep the pace. And I know they have in the past, like you said, if like knocked off like five straight wins against good defenses too. To be fair, like New England twice. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that Atlanta is even that bad of defense. And that was a snow game, which was difficult to score points in anyway. Yeah. So um, it, it, I mean, it, yeah, it, it's 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 the classic like the Chiefs or sorry the Bills their their outcome is much more variable like there's the yeah. game last week where like they're literally the best team on the face of the earth and no one would stop them but there's also the Josh Allen game where he like runs 20 yards back and like tries to like do some like spinning throw that ends mm-hmm. up being a fumble and like there's there's that 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 scenario too where that probably isn't as likely with the Chiefs for the Chiefs that you kind of, at this point I think you kind of know what you're getting and that's just a really good team um, so the Bills upset, I think, is a bit higher, but like the base case Chiefs is probably a bit better. Um, so it and me leaning plus two and a half, that's really just relying on the Bills upset. Mm-hmm. OK, I got you. Do, you. do you think that there's a coaching advantage in this game? Um, or does that not matter to you? No, I mean, no, that that would definitely. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, no, I think Dable is really good as an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, Andy Reid is is great until he has to worry about, you know, time management, whatever. Um, <laughs> their offensive coordinator, his name's slipping me. I want to say Venables, but that's the uh, old For Kansas City? Guy. 
Yeah. I think it's still the enemy, right? The enemy, yeah. So I, I, I always get the names messed up with no, yeah, the, yeah. Old, the old Clemson, <laughs> D.C. and, and him. Um, but, yeah, he. I mean, he's obviously a really good offensive coordinator as well. Um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think there's a clear advantage either way here, like um, like a Mike McCarthy disadvantage type thing. I, I, I don't really see that. And really, I mean, if you look at it across the board, the coaches that are left, I think, are all pretty solid. It's tough to pick out. I mean, Zach Taylor is the youngest and least mm-hmm. proven, but like, it's hard to pick out like a guy and be like, all right, that coach sucks. I'm betting against him. That's <laughs> left on a team. Okay, that's interesting. I I think um, I think these this game might have the two best coaches left possibly, but that that's that's right. I think I think McDermott doesn't get enough credit, honestly. Um, as much as I I love him. Um, but yeah, I was, I was just curious uh, what you thought because I think they're just there's very good coaching in this game, just generally. Uh, so. I was wondering yeah. if that swayed you anyway. Yeah, no, it, I mean, it'll definitely be a very fun game to watch um, mm-hmm. from that standpoint as well to see what kind of game plan they come out with and what kind of adjustments as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hammer the Chiefs though, both for my two and a half and the thing. I just, I think the Bills are more likely to uh, explode, like you said, than the Chiefs do. I think this game is closer to a 50-50 than maybe even I want to admit, but I think there's a better chance that. The, I think that the Bills need to need to keep this up in order to beat Kansas City. I think Kansas City can cruise to 40 points against this defense. Uh, it, it, even though it's it was good all year, they lost Travis White, and I think it, it went down uh, a decent amount. And the last time they played, the weapons for Kansas City were not anywhere near what they have been the past five weeks. Like, the Bills have been as good in the past five weeks. I I think that the Chiefs are just the, the solid option, the better option. And if you bet the money line, they're minus 134. That's that's plenty of I, – I feel, I feel great taking that money. Uh I, I thought the Chiefs would be honestly. I thought the Bills would be favored in this game. Honestly, um, I really wish there was uh, a better line for me there, but I was hoping for a little bit more. But anyway, what were you gonna say? Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's just it, it's it's the classic. You know, the two and a half point line is just like neutral yeah. field. These teams are even. We're just gonna give Kansas City the the home field bump and let it be. I mean, if you like the Chiefs, it seems like the line's coming down to at least two. I'm I'm not sure. If yeah, that will get bet on the Chiefs side, but I, if you if you want to bet the Chiefs and your book currently has two and a half, I would probably wait and try and snipe a minus two, because it seems like that's the way that the market's trending. Um, yeah, and the public is early on the Bills just because you know there's recency bias plus yes. they see the plus number next to it, mm-hmm. which makes sense. Um, so if you wanted the Bills, you 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 probably should jump at a two and a half. If you want the Chiefs, you should probably wait and try and get that minus two. Yeah, I thousand percent uh, agree. Like I, I'm going to wait till the last second to put in my Chiefs thing because, like you said, the uh, the public just saw the Buffalo kill a team, and mm-hmm. now they're the underdogs. And I know it's Kansas City, but Kansas City doesn't have the crystal, or I mean, the the prestigious reputation it used to have, even though it probably should, um, at least to the public. I, I would imagine. Um, but you know, I, I am making a lot of speculations here. To be fair, but yeah, I'm I'm gonna wait on this line, bet on the Chiefs as soon like the latest I can because I think it's coming down for sure. I think the odds go up, uh, just because the books will have to. I think just because all the money comes in in Buffalo. I think, and yeah. like you said, toss up game. I, I think it just has to happen that way. Um, the line for this is 54 and a half, and my, I, like I said, this I'm dipping my toes into a lot of betting. You know, this this is my first like real year doing it as big as I've been doing it in the past, and I I have a slight inkling that whenever lines are like really low or really high. I kind of like going under if they're low and high if they're high because I feel like the books just they don't they don't ever put it high or low enough because you can't really like can you put something at thirty for a game like can you unless it's Army Navy and a lot of yeah. games go under thirty points you know and games go over sixty go to sixty points especially with these two teams a lot more often than I think 
you know, would go under 54, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm actually surprised that they didn't start this higher just because, mm-hmm. like like I said before, the the public is automatically, gener- like the, the average person is drawn to bet and over, whether that be a game total, a player prop, like you just want to root for something good to happen. And being that it's Bill's Chiefs, like two of the more prolific offenses, I'm surprised that they didn't set it at like 56 just to like, let the public get in on a higher number and a more advantageous number to the book. Um, but yeah, I mean, just for that sentiment, like I, I would tend to agree because I guess like to the average eye, you would kind of go the opposite way and look at the highest number and go under and the lowest number and go over. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, like I've, I've bet army Navy and um, like service Academy totals. I bet they're under like, yeah like i don't even care what the number is i'm better yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. because they can't like the army navy game that this year was the closest it ever it was, was close to, yeah to going really over close. but mm-hmm. normally it's like guaranteed to be like 17 7 because that's just how they play but yeah you're right a book would never set like a 23 and a half point over under on a college game because that's just nuts right exactly um, but yeah i mean there there should be a lot of points and a lot of scoring and you saw the Chiefs last week. I mean, they lit up the scoreboard from, like, the second, like, halfway through the second quarter into the third quarter to, like, just mm-hmm. out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Yep, that's the Chiefs. You know, Bills can do it, too, for sure, which is which is always nice. Um, I do I do feel like I – that's funny that we talk about, like, the public, like, being like, oh, I want to for good things. I want it to, like, you know, I want the over because I want to see lots of touchdowns and be really happy. I guess I'm just an old curmudgeon because fuck that. I want to see every team fucking suffer. And uh, and the under, and I just like unders. I think unders are generally good. Um, yeah, I, I mean, like a, if yeah. if you were to just blindly bet, yeah, a, a total like you should be taking the under because that's where inherently some of the value is. I mean, is is it fun to watch a game or like watch a basketball game and hope for misses and turnovers and whatever? Like, probably not. But if you're betting money, you probably want to be on the side that you're going to win more than lose. So. Yeah. Unless you're paying for your entertainment, like I, I think, like taking unders blindly, no matter what it is, is probably always the better move. Yeah, I just, uh, I just feel like what's more fun, like losing or winning, and I'm just gonna go with winning, you know. Exactly. So give me that under, gang. All day. Exactly. Um, okay, cool. So th- those were the games. Um, now we do a little more fun stuff here, since it's you know getting towards the end of the year. Or it's pretty much the end of the year. I don't know if you had any um, like your biggest hit stories from this year, or your biggest losses, or something. Uh, from this shit that you want to like expand about or maybe we'll help you going into next year like yeah so I, I mean yeah. so before we do that i do have yeah. a little nugget um, oh yeah hit me. So I'm, I'm obviously a, a huge fan of the dvoa stat um and like last off season i was playing around there's this thing that someone uncovered on the internet like years ago in college basketball from ken palm i don't know if you're familiar with him yeah. but mm-hmm. it's basically like there's like two or three criteria sets that have not predicted, but predicted the group of a few teams that could win the national championship every year. It's like a, a back test of filtering where you have to be like, rank this in offense, rank this in defense, and, and like, you know, that. Mm-hmm. I went back on the DVOA stat because they, there's the total DVOA for the team, and then there's also an offensive, defensive, and special teams ranking or rating. Um, and I wanted to see if there's anything that was consistent amongst all champions and this was back to 1985 i believe mm-hmm. um and so that criteria that i found that uh explained every single 
champion minus two and the two were like one of the giants teams recently and mm. one of the ravens teams that won that were just complete outliers mm. but every other champion they were so the three units of offense defense special teams you you have to be top seven in one of those three areas and you can't have one unit worse than 28th in the league and then you also need to either have a top 10 offense or a top two defense Um, okay so when you break it down it's basically like you have to be really good across the board you can't be super bad in one area and you have to be elite in one area which kind of makes sense like you know the good Mm -hmm. teams tend to win but then when you look at um this year and the teams that are remaining the teams that fit that criteria are wait can i guess can i guess yeah so there's there's five so okay there's five yeah so three do not okay i'll guess the three that don't i'm gonna guess the titans the ooh, um the titans the chiefs and the mm, titans chiefs and i'm just gonna say the niners i don't know okay the titans are right they do not fit and that's because their their offense is actually in terms of efficiency is ranked 20th their mm-hmm. defense is seventh and their special teams is 21st so good defense good defense yeah yeah so their <laughs> so their defense is good but not like super elite which kind of keeps them out mm-hmm. the other team uh it, or the one of the other teams is the Bengals. oh yeah they're just like <laughs> kind of average across across the board um and not not top 10 in, in, in any three so that keeps them out and the third is very surprising and it is the packers Damn. Okay. So the Packers have, in terms of DVOA, the number one offense, mm-hmm. but then their defense is 22nd, and the real kicker is their special teams is 31st, and mm. no team has won the Super Bowl with that bad of a special teams. So something to keep in mind, will that you know come down to hurt them? Mm-hmm. Obviously, these things, it, it's been true for, uh, what, what do we got? Is it 85? 85, but minus yeah. two. So okay, yeah. 35 of the last, or 34 of the last 36 champions it's been true for. It could be wrong this year, but just something to note that their their defense and really their special teams might end up dragging them down and costing them a game either this round, the next round, or in the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's totally fair. That's a, that's a good one for especially like the long-term stuff. Like I was thinking about throwing... You know, some stuff and just to like to make the Super Bowl a Super Bowl winner at this point, that that's something to consider. And special teams is definitely something if you're not like if you're not looking for it or you don't know the stats to back it up, you're not gonna know like anything about the special teams, you know? Yeah. I mean, you could look at the kicker and say like sure, oh, Crosby's sure. old, like he's missed field goals, but there's also like how well you cover punts and yeah. you know, like net yards or gain, whatever for punting and all that stuff. So um yeah, just a little, you know, a little a little I mean, uh, mm-hmm. fun fact. Yeah, I think that's also important, especially in the Niners game, where, like you said, they're super efficient with, with the ball and everything like that. That mm-hmm. can be a game of attrition, and if you have a bad special teams, yeah, you lose a lot of yards on that kind of stuff, for sure. So that, that is something yeah. to keep in mind, for sure. Exactly, so, yeah. Smart. Um, good stuff, yeah. All right, cool. So, sorry. Um, so the next thing, or final thing, just, you know, something from this year. You can do a good or a bad thing, or both, or neither, or whatever, or just something that you had during the season that I think was cool to share and made you, like, think about something going forward and next year. Maybe you'll use it to, like, oh, I picked the Bills this week, but I definitely should have. Like, my model said this, but maybe I just, you know, something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I always try to um, fine-tune, like, how I'm betting and take notes and stuff 
um, throughout the year. But b- so before the year, I went on um, a podcast and I was t- he's uh, his name is Early Value NFL. His name's Ross. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's like at Early Value NFL on Twitter or something like that. Um, and it was just when Rogers had announced that like he was going back to the Packers, but everyone was freaking out. And we were both talking and we were like, and I said, I don't care. The Packers are still a top two team in the NFC. Like there's no reason that they shouldn't be favored to win the NFC or maybe the Bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just kind of shows like, like he, even if he's not fond of management, it's still like people are selfish. Like he's still promoting himself. Like he's not going to go out there and play bad in spite of like management. Like those news stories in the NFL, I think tend to get, or even in sports in general, people overblow them. Um, so like around that time, you could have gotten amazing. I, I didn't bet them to win the Super Bowl, but you you, you could have gotten amazing Packers mm-hmm. futures odds, even when Rodgers had still announced that he was probably going to come back to play with them. Just that town alone, like that team, he was the MVP last year, you know, and NFC Championship game last year, like buy or like selling those like big, you know, like headline news stories is probably always good in, in the betting world, I think. Yeah, no, it's definitely something uh, to be on. Uh, people are reactionary and dumb. I've mm-hmm. been saying that for a while, and that definitely plays into that for sure. Uh, I think a lot of those preseason bets are, are super interesting. And I would, like, I, I think you're also saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, just stuff about, uh, like, you should, maybe you shouldn't worry about, like, the off-season, off-field stuff as much yes, as, like, the, exactly. the thing played up. And I want to agree, like, a thousand percent. I just, I feel like, uh, I know this is, like, uh, definitely anecdotal, and I, I would agree mostly on your side, obviously. I think I have the most part. It's just, it scares me when we have situations like Lev Bell and AB, like, when they left Pittsburgh and stuff like that. That stuff always, I, I was so hardcore to be like, Lev Bell's fine. He's come back this year. It's not a big deal, whatever. And then Antonio Brown with the whole situation there when he went to the Patriots and all that stuff. I feel like the noise was there, and I was trying to ignore it, but it actually did work out. Not if that's an outlier or anything, but no, I just, I, sometimes no. I feel like I've taken it seriously. I agree with that, and a fantasy guy that I like is Jeff Ratcliffe, and I remember he, with the A-B stuff, he said, I'm giving him three red flags, and this was well before this year, and he said, I'm not touching him ever again, and it was like, they were like, I mean, if you wanted, you know, there's varying degrees of the red flags with him, but like the stuff with Pittsburgh, and then there was maybe like sexual assault stuff, and then like the fake Vax card, and then like all these things, and he was like, once that third thing hit, like, I'm done with him. I'm just, I'm moving on. Like, someone like that is just too much of a wild card. So that's something to keep in mind with Rodgers. I mean, I guess the two red flags would be the offseason stuff where he was, like, being super cryptic about, like, hating the Packers and all that. And then his, what he would call, I'm sure, a miscommunication of his vaccination status where then he caused all this drama. He was doing podcasts explaining why he thought that you know, like why he felt that he was properly immunized, but was basically lying about being vaccinated. Like, so those could be two, you know, somewhat red flags, but with a proven track record like Rogers, I think those two things are still enough to very confidently overlook in terms mm-hmm. of how he's going to play on Sundays. Um, but I, I do agree that at once you get to a certain point, someone is just too much of a wild card to have any faith in. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Totally fair. Um, was there was there something that you had like a big miss on that you were reflecting on from this year that you thought you know will help improve you next year or something that you want to talk about? Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, I was, about. I <laughs> <My> was <misses. laughs> very bullish on the Seahawks before the year. Mm-hmm. 
Um, I took them to win the Super Bowl. I thought that, you know, they, the NFC West is obviously a tough division, but I was very confident in Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. I mean, he got hurt for a little bit, but even when he was healthy, it just thing even in, like, in the beginning of the year, things were just not going well for them. I don't know if it's Wilson, if it's Pete Carroll, if it's like their team is just their, like their defense and their offensive line is just not really that great or what it is, but mm-hmm. I was very wrong on them. I was, I mean, with fantasy, I was drafting Trey Sermon like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think he really played much at all. Like he was getting like yeah. healthy scratch and that mm-hmm. sucked. Um, that was one of my good draft calls is that I liked Elijah Mitchell. I, did, I wasn't a huge Elijah Mitchell fan, I'll say that, but I did have him ranked over uh, Sermon, and I did like him more. But that that's my only thing I got yeah, from that. Yeah, uh, those two that guys that I drafted a lot of were Trey Sermon and yeah. Michael Carter. So at least Michael Carter had Love Carter. some some upside put games there, mm-hmm. more so recently too. Um, mm-hmm. So that balanced that out a bit, but yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's tough. I uh, I'll, I'll say I missed on Najee because I definitely did, but I don't think anyone expected. Maybe, maybe you did, or maybe people did. I don't think anyone expected him to get like Lev Bell level of carries. Like I don't know, maybe, maybe that was maybe that was my mistake, and maybe people were thinking he would get eighty percent of the snaps, but or eighty five percent of the snaps, whatever. It was a ridiculous number this year, but that was that was a tough one for me. I'll say that at least. Yeah, I don't, I, I'm in. I played in I think four leagues this year. Um, I had zero Najee Harris. I don't know if it was just like. The range he was going in and like that kind of second round range it seemed like mm-hmm. where i was doing more wide receivers or what but i just mm-hmm. i i drafted him zero times so yeah i had I had, I had like two or three of them in best ball out of like 100 best ball like leagues so yeah it's not yeah. a fan uh i'll be off of him next year too because i think we'll see but that was one of my misses too and i i think it does i, I think i do have a problem with because i do i do a lot of draft prep um, just generally, and I like doing a lot of draft apps, so I kind of have maybe like a more ingrained division of these guys than I should, uh, especially for fantasy when it's like, hey, maybe I do need to recognize that draft capital does mean a little bit more than I'm giving it credit for, and that if a team has a guy who, especially a young guy, for, for the running back position especially, they'll just run him into the ground because they have him on a, like a $0 and zero cents contract yeah. type deal, and they're just young, and young running backs obviously have like, you know, uh, a, a bigger advantage, it seems like. Although to be fair, I had I did look at the second contracts now for running backs, and they don't seem as bad as they used to. I'll say that. Um, I, I know I know that's a weird thing to say, but if you look at the top five or top ten, I'm pretty sure it's like what is it? I, I know McCaffrey obviously uh, is like a big issue, but outside of that, it's like Dalvin Cook, Joe Mixon had a great year. Like there are, there are some good guys with. You uh, mean the bad? Where like people are overpaying for running yes, backs? Yes, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. in terms of like the franchise spending money on them. Gotcha. You know what I mean? Does that make yeah. sense? I mean, yeah, it sucks when McCaffrey is like hurt all year, but like his production mm-hmm. when he's there is insane. Dalvin Cook, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what's about like a Zeke? Pro- Zeke's probably a pretty bad he one is. at this point. But but I mean, Zeke had a good year. For yeah, like he, he had a good year. Um, I I also uh, I don't know if Pollard can ever be a lead back. Maybe he can, but that's a conversation for another time, I guess. Yeah, he seems um, I don't hate the smallish. Yeah, I, I don't hate the talent at all, really. Um, but I, I, it makes me angry when people say Michael Carter can't do that, and they're like yelling about Tony Pollard being able to do it easily. That always bothered me. But you know, that's just Twitter sometimes, I guess. Um, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, is there anything else uh, I want to talk about, or, or are you? Uh, is that good? Yeah. No, I'm looking at some other things I was thinking about for uh, things I got right. Uh, yeah. I'm- so I'm, I am. I forgot that I am. Even like last week, I forgot that I, I'm sitting on a Bills seven to one Super Bowl future. Nice. Um, so I'm rooting for them. I I had placed that like basically in the middle of their midseason skid. There, I think it was like one, once they lost to the Bucks, maybe. 
Um, mm-hmm. Just because I still thought that it was the Bills and Chiefs and the AFC, and that was kind of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll definitely be rooting for them. And that's also kind of a good lesson going forward in terms of, you know, buy the dip if you can on like a true blue chip team. You, you could have done the yeah. same thing with the Chiefs this year. The Chiefs had that skin. Yeah. Everyone was saying, oh, is Mahomes like out of whack? Is he done? Like, what's going on this year? You could have gotten a good price on them and you would have had been sitting very pretty right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, totally fair. I love buying the dip on anything like that for sure. I, I get that. Um, yeah, that was something that I actually I did with the Rams. Actually, um, I added more to my just to make the Super Bowl, not to not to have them. But when they were yeah. when they were sliding, I added I added some stuff in there because I was like, yeah, I just love them. So that buying the dip stuff is especially good, especially for bad teams that just just losing streaks in general. When you you know these teams are good, it just feels especially with the seventeen playoffs. It just kind of feels like why not give it a shot anyway? You know, you get the best yeah. odds there. Exactly. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I fucked up on quarterbacks. Uh, this year for fantasy too. Um, oh yeah, to I was, I was gonna bring that up a little bit. I, I know you yeah. were a big Herbert yeah, hit me. Herbert denier, but mm-hmm. I was gonna say I I drafted Jalen Hurts in two leagues, and I, I know on the field he's not necessarily that great, but for fantasy he was I think he was like a top eight fantasy quarterback just because yeah he, he runs was, yeah. so much, and that's that can't be valued enough with quarterbacks because those points just seem like if you're getting a free five points a week that seems like such mm-hmm. such a great floor. Yeah. Um, and he was, you know, kind of a garbage time king where if they went down, he would just like throw a touchdown, like a minute left, it seemed like. Um, <laughs> but he was going for basically free and like just waiting on quarterbacks and taking like kind of like higher upside guys that can run is just such a cheat code, it seems like. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I, I was I was like right in the middle. I just couldn't figure out if Hertz was good enough to like to hold the job and to um just 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 big enough to throw the ball where they want him actually as their quarterback yeah just to hold the job I, I wasn't even sure he was able to do that but i wasn't out i did have a lot of him in best ball because i usually draft like two or three quarterbacks obviously mm-hmm. so i wanted to have like i didn't want to miss out you know and thank god i was correct on that and i will say you know about the allen and the herbert stuff yeah i mean i was wrong for sure i, I had josh allen and herbert as one of my uh and justin herbert as my busts mm-hmm. one of my who busts and yeah i mean look I'll, I'll do the same thing for herbert i i, I do it not this year or i'm sorry not going into next year, I won't be as critical of Herbert as I was. But if I see a quarterback who's tr- struggling with consistency issues and he had the same issues in college, I'll a thousand percent make that bet again and again and again. This one worked out, sure it did, but I'll do that a thousand times out of a thousand times. Um, I- I'm just not really sure after one year of play if you can crown someone as a god emperor. Like I just won't do it. Like sorry. Um, and uh, I still like Joe Burrow better, and I stuck by that since the beginning of the draft, and I'll stick by that uh, until I die. So and two is not bad either. I know he's not as good as the other two guys, but. People were yelling about how bad these guys were compared to, like, Herbert, and that just isn't the case, unless you disagree. Um, I think that Tua is in uh, a clear tier below Herbert and Burrow. I oh, so you think know. he's, think he's, he's at, uh, maybe closer to as good, uh, as, good as them as um, – or uh, sorry, say, say, say what you said again? I'm sorry. I, no, I think he's, like, worse, like a okay, clear gotcha, tier gotcha. below them. I, I think yeah, Herbert I and Burrow yeah, are pretty comparable. I, I don't – uh, yeah, it would probably be splitting hairs to pick one or, over the other. They're both really good. Um, probably one of the guys. Hairs, though, if you had to pick one, gun to your um, head. I guess Burrow. Cool. If I, I'm, I I'm, a, I'm a fan of that too. <laughs> yeah, uh, it would be like a it'd be like a one A Burrow, one B Herbert, and then you know a bit of a gap, and then Tua. Like Tua. I get that there was a winning streak there. There's like, you, you, you can pull out some stats, like some completion percentage stuff, but 
I don't know when it it still doesn't seem like like it, it like there's a clear difference in talent between Herbert and Burrow, and then when you look at Tua. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Maybe maybe I didn't uh, come across as, as well as I thought it did, or at least in my head. Yeah, I I can agree with you for sure on that. I think he's a tier below, but I think people were saying he was a terrible quarterback and shouldn't be a starter coming into this year. Oh yeah, and stuff, I mean, and that was just really bothered yeah. me. <laughs> That's tough because he's his first year was coming off of like a massive hip yep. surgery yep. injury, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it was a shortened off season, so it's tough to judge him in his rookie year when those are the circumstances. But. Oh, I- yeah, I, I mean, I totally agree, but that, and I just feel like that makes sense. But like, then why wouldn't, why would you go one way rather than the other way? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, yeah. But I, I think now we have enough after two years to somewhat confidently say that you know he's not really in that same same room yeah. as, as as Herbert and Burrow. Um. Yeah. May, maybe. Um. I'm not calling. I'm not. I'm not completely out on two in that sense. Yeah. But I think those two guys were just such. Uh, have been so, so good that yeah you, you're probably right but I'm, I'm not gonna count two out from being a very good quarterback I'll I'll, I'll say that at least nice. um, but I think you're right there in a different stratosphere for sure I get that <laughs> um yeah okay so um that's cool I'm cool stuff we're about an hour in so if you want to plug your stuff again or talk any final memes go ahead yeah I mean um you can find us on like i said i would start with the twitter it's at sharp money co co um we have a newsletter that goes out friday mornings you could subscribe there right from our twitter bio um yeah i mean you got to soak this in because we get games saturday and sunday four games and then after this weekend there's only three games left for the football season so it's sad um but you got to soak in this weekend very true. Very true. Should be fun. I'm excited. Um, but yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I, I love talking sports and I need to know more stuff about betting and stuff. So I'm always following you, trying to figure out how I can be better. So yeah, dude, uh, I'm happy about it. Yeah. yeah, thanks for having me on. I'm always down to do this. I uh, appreciate it. Yeah, of course. All right, man. Have a good one. All right, you too. I'll see you. Thanks for listening to the Bacon Games Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at BGF Sports. And be sure to tune in next time.